Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author Becca Eisenberg brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities. Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg. Welcome to my podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number 77. Today, I'll be interviewing Michelle Schwab, author of the new title from Cardinal Rule Press, Kindness is a Kite String. Michelle Schwab is an award-winning children's author and language arts teacher. Her book, Fresh Pick Poetry, A Day at the Farmer's Market, won the 2018 Growing Good Kids Award and 2019 Northern Lights Book Award. She's also the author of Finding Treasure, a Collection of Collections, a National Council of Teachers of English Notable Poetry Book for 2020, and Dream Big Little Scientists. Her poems appear in several anthologies, including A World Full of Poems, Have To It, Poems to Get You Moving, and Great Morning, Poems for School Leaders to Read Aloud. Michelle speaks at conferences on the power of poetry to boost literacy and shares way to use poetry in the classroom on her blog, Poetry Boost. So that's poetryboost.com. She lives in Colorado with her husband, three children, and golden retriever named Bear. That's really cute. Okay. She's not writing. Uh, when she's not writing and teaching, you'll find Michelle visiting her local farmer's markets or cruising around her bicycle. So I'm really excited to have Michelle here today to talk about her beautiful book about kindness, because I think that is something that not just children should learn. I think it's great for adults too. <laughs> I think we all need to be kind to each other. I think that that is really the way that, um, that will make the world a better place, I think, by being kind. So thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely, Becca. It's my pleasure. And you're right. Kindness makes the world go round. Exactly. And I also love that you also... It, you also talk about empathy a lot. So I think first, before we start, if maybe you could give me a little bit of a synopsis of the book for someone who doesn't know about the book um, and your inspiration behind writing it. Absolutely. The book Kindness is a Kite String is a positive story for kids. And it starts with one child's kind deed that then ripples through the community, connecting diverse groups of people. And I use similes and metaphors that kids can relate to, to show how kindness is spreading. And as far as my inspiration for the book, I forgot that was a two-part question. (laughs) As far as my inspiration for the book, I actually got the idea for this book, believe it or not, from an insurance commercial. So several years ago, I was watching television and this commercial came on and it was set in a city. And it started with one lady stopping a man from going out into traffic where there was a car that was right in front of him. And then that man turns around and helps a woman get her stroller off of a bus. And then that lady turns around and helps someone else. And these kind deeds just kind of ripple from one person to the next through the commercial until they circle back to that first lady who started that kindness chain. So I just was so struck by that commercial. And I thought that would be such a fun thing to try to show in a children's book, to try to show that ripple forward power of kindness. So that was the spark for the book. Yeah, I think it's just so, I mean, I think it's always important, but I think especially now with kids, because, you know, just, I think the the effects of the pandemic 
just not having in person, everything being a lot of things being virtual. Um, I just, I, I know that I appreciate kindness so much just during these times. Cause it's kind of, it's just a hard time for kids. Um, it's a hard time for everybody, but, um, I think it's one of those things too, that what I love about it is that it's something that is totally true and relatable because when you're kind to somebody, they're going to hopefully be kind back, but, but pass it along. Cause it also just makes you feel more uplifted when people are kind to you, you know? And I think kids know that too. I mean, it's one thing for kids, like for somebody to say, okay, well, you need to be kind. Well, why do I need to be kind, you know? And, and that kind of gets into your, uh, that empathy. Um, you know, why do we need to be kind to people? And we need to be kind because it, it really feels good when people are kind to us. Um, and it feels bad when people are not kind. <laughs> and I think that goes for any age, whether you're two or a hundred. Um, I think, you know, people just really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think especially, as you said, this year, it's been such an unpredictable year for kids and a kind of a scary year. And they can feel really powerless. Like there's nothing that they is in their control, but kindness is something that is in their control. You can do one kind deed and that can make a big difference in someone else's life and in your life. So it's very empowering to think about being kind to people. And I think it's also a good thing to, I mean, just one of those things that I, I think about with my kids or like at dinner time or, or, or any time to think about, well, what was one kind thing I did today, right? And not just to ask your kids, but actually to ask yourself. Because sometimes I think as adults, we just, we're constantly going, 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 going. Um, but what was, you know, what do we do that was kind for somebody else? And then also thinking about what is, what do we do that was kind for ourselves, right? Because I know as, as, I don't know, as a mom, we've kind of forget. <laughs> forget about ourselves like oh what did I do that was kind for myself um so I think it's like a nice reflection as well like after reading the book is talking about well you know you gave different examples in the book about what kindness is um I think a lot of times what I liked about it is that kids may not understand that as being kind but maybe after the book they start to think about it like one of the one of the um pages in your book was about stacking dishes and helping out in the kitchen. And, you know, that is really kind when someone comes to help you and you don't have to clean up the kitchen all yourself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, so maybe that would be yeah. good in your I added time, that one so from my own, <laughs> Yep. I added that one from my own mom hat. Like, boy, do I like it when someone helps me in the kitchen when I haven't even asked them. But, but really, everything in the book from visiting a sick neighbor to inviting a friend to eat lunch with you. These are all really small things. They're not things that take um, a lot of effort. They're things that kids can really do on their own a lot of the times without adult help. Um, But again, it's just empowering because they are small deeds. You can do them and they do make a big difference. Right. Exactly. And it's like, you don't have, I think for, I think what I like, I like that because those are just everyday things that you could do. Sometimes people like our kids may think that you need to do this whole, 
big thing in order to be kind. That has to be a big fundraiser. It's got to be this or it's got to be that, which are great things. Don't get me. I mean, it's great to, to do those, those big things. But sometimes when things are accessible, you're inaccessible. And we may not be able to do that. But just doing little kind things each day is, is just part of, I, I think, making a greater world that we live in. Um, so that's what I liked. It. That's what I liked about your book. I think it's it's a nice point of reflection. Um, and I want to get into just your background as a language arts teacher because I I love that with the background of a language arts teacher. I mean, I could tell like we were talking before is that when I was reading the book, I could tell it just had there's so much there was so much like, rich language in the book. And so I wanted you to talk a little bit more about that about how that that background in language arts led you to becoming a children's book author? Yeah, so I was a language arts teacher for over 10 years. I taught middle school students. And before and after that, I also tutor kids um, in reading and writing and language arts. And I always have my teacher hat on when I'm writing. And I'm always trying to think about what are the classroom connections? How can teachers use this book in the classroom? Because with poetry in particular, I am a really strong advocate for using poetry in the classroom. There are so many benefits to poetry and um, picture books in general, even in a middle school classroom, even in a high school classroom, picture books can be a great way to start a unit, to look at a theme. And so I look for those classroom connections. And in particular with uh kindness is a kite string, I was focused on similes and metaphors because this is something that's in the common core. I think it's written specifically into the common core for third and fourth grade, but younger kids can understand similes and metaphors. I've used them with first graders, second graders, and obviously older kids can understand them also. And um, they really help build that non-literal language and um, they help kids when they're going to encounter similes and metaphors in other books later in school. Um, and on the concept, you know, on the, the idea of similes and metaphors, you know, the, what they're doing is you're comparing something that, at least in kindness, is a kite string. I'm comparing something that's an idea, that's intangible, kindness, to everyday things that kids can relate to, like sunshine or kite strings or dominoes or open doors. And by making that comparison, I'm kind of promoting understanding, going from something that is intangible to something that's tangible. And incidentally, I kind of thought of this connection after I had started using similes and metaphors in the book, but then I write about it in my author's note, that's exactly what happens that bridging the gap between what's known and what isn't known is exactly what happens when you practice empathy because you have to connect some other person who you might not know how they're feeling or what their situation is to yourself and promote understanding by being empathetic to them. So kind of got off tangent there a little bit, but, but it really is all, I'm always thinking about, okay, how can teachers use this book? So did you start writing children's books like while you were teaching or what was that process? I did. Okay. Yeah. Well, I actually started writing. It's kind of simultaneous. I loved telling stories. I loved reading and writing growing up. 
and in middle school and high school and in college, I studied graphic design and I studied English and I studied psychology and I had this great, well-rounded liberal arts degree that I really didn't know what to do with when I graduated. So I went overseas to American Samoa and I taught English in a high school there. And I realized really quickly that teaching is one of the ultimate forms of storytelling because you have to make these concepts relatable to kids. And so I did that with anecdotes and stories and visuals. And I found that I really liked it. I was good at it. And I loved watching those light bulbs go off in kids' heads where all of a sudden they get it. You take some concept that they might not have known about before, like let's say prepositional phrases and grammar, and you talk about it in a way that builds connections using examples or stories or whatever tools you bring to the table. And all of a sudden they get it. And that is such a cool thing. Um, And so to me, writing children's books is that same kind of thrill for me where I'm taking a concept because I often write nonfiction. And so I'm taking a concept and I'm thinking about how can I write this in a way that's going to make kids connected to it, that's going to spark their imagination, that's going to delight them and educate them. Um, And so, you know, that doing that, making, looking at the world from the kid's perspective and trying to make it interesting is, you know, I just love doing that as a teacher and a writer. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that your students are very lucky because actually I was just having that conversation earlier today. About the, that, about that connection of material when you're working with kids and you know, so work with children and adults with you know um, different communication disorders. But talking about the the content and how can we relate to it, and I think that's really important. I think actually your book is something that we could that many many people, well, I think all people should be able to relate to what it is being kind. Um, so. And you talked a little bit about the the similes and metaphors. I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about, in the back of the book, you give a really nice description about that. Um, So I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about like how you thought of that and how it was created and um, your collaboration on it with Cardinal World Press. Yeah, so I, uh, I actually, when I sent the manuscript in, I had this back matter written. I had this idea of, connecting similes and metaphors to kindness kind of in my head. And so we worked on the text a little bit, but I'll, I'll read a little bit about kind of that, that connection between them. And I say, similes and metaphors build connections that promote understanding. Likewise, when you act with kindness, you bridge the gap between something you know well, yourself, and something that might seem new or different, others. Kindness helps you stand in another person's shoes to see what you share. And so then there's some ideas for how parents and teachers can talk about similes and metaphors. There's a definition of similes and metaphors here. And then parents can talk about, well, what are some other things that kindness can relate to? What are some things in your world that make you happy or that you enjoy, that you can relate to kindness. And um, I've done this with kids, and it's um, pretty amazing what kids come up with. This is where I say even younger kids really get that concept of comparisons when you start modeling it for them. So I've had kids, I just had a school visit earlier today, 
And uh, one of the kids said, well, kindness is kind of like Lego bricks because this kid loved Legos. And he said, kindness is like Lego bricks because when you're kind, those deeds build on each other, just like you're building up a tower with Lego bricks. And I'm like, wow, that kid is showing me that he understands similes, but he also really understands how kindness works. So there's a lot of power in using those comparisons to, to get at different layers of an idea. Yeah, I love that. Compa- and I always think kids just have the best comparisons and the best ideas. <laughs> you know, like I, I always think that it's the, the, like about asking kids about what they think about it and giving their ideas, I think is really powerful. So I love that. I love that um, comparison with Legos because it does build upon for sure. Yeah. And I, I want to get into your passion with poetry. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your website and also just any tips for parents on, let's say, you know, sometimes I, I could say from a parent's perspective, my kids feel like hesitant to write poetry because they feel like they can't, it's, you know, hard, you know what I mean? Like they feel intimidated by poetry. Yeah. Um, so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your website and what you might, um, any tips that you would have for parents that could help encourage their kids to write poetry and sort of in, in a way if they feel intimidated by it. Yeah. Well, I love writing poetry, but I do get that it can be intimidating. So as a teacher, I'm always trying to kind of demystify poetry. And uh, we always had Poetry Friday challenges. And one of the big things that I would do is I would provide a model poem. And I often would would provide like a template. So a scaffolding. So we'd look at the model. What is this poem doing? And then we try to imitate that. And so I think, you know, starting with imitation is a really nice way to give kids sort of that, that scaffolding that they need to feel like they can take risks. But, you know, poetry in general, just to speak about that for a moment, um, it's really, I like to say that poetry is literacy superfood because it's so packed with rich content. You have vocabulary, you have literary devices, you can have social emotional themes, but it's all packed into this really concise format. So it's a great choice for educators who are short on time or parents who are busy, who want some really rich content for their kids in a short amount of time, because you can do a poem as a brain break. It'll take you three minutes in the middle of a class to have a poetry brain break. Or at the end of the day, parents can share a poem with their kids before they go to bed or even after dinner. And it's something really quick um, that you can do. So the other thing that I love about poetry is it's accessible to a wide range of readers because if you look at a poem on the page, there's a lot of white space. It's not as intimidating as having paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs of text. So it can be more inviting to students in that way. Um, As far as, you know, having kids write poetry, I do have a blog called poetryboost.com that you mentioned at the beginning. And on that, I have all kinds of mentor texts. So you can give kids um, models or examples. And I also have all kinds of templates. So you'll, you'll have the structure right there on the page for a kid. So for example, I have one template for writing a color poem. So you take a color and you write a poem about a certain color and I have it kind of blocked out. So it's like pink is, 
And then I have a prompt for name an object pink is like. And then I have another prompt, name a taste that pink is like. And so basically the kids are kind of filling in almost like a Mad Lib, but, but then they can do it. And then they have a poem at the end. And it's like, wow, I wrote a poem. And then from there, you can kind of take the training wheels off where they're not using those templates, but they're great starters. So I have all kinds of templates on my Poetry Boost website that can really give those kids that boost. I love that. And I'm going to use that. Yeah. Yeah. I got, and maybe I'll put a link. I'm going to put a link in the post for that as well. So other people can have access to it. Um, I, I think that's, I think that's great. I also love, I love that you mentioned, you know, just it's like, if you don't have a lot of time maybe with your kids or a teacher is taking a quick break to read a short poem and to, to talk about, you know, what they think it's about. Cause there's also like a lot of interpretation with poems um, and, you know, people interpret poems in different ways. So I think it's like an interesting way to start a discussion, but, um, but I love that. I, I love, I mean, I did check out your website. You have a lot of really great information on there. I didn't see those templates, but I'm definitely going to check that out because for any speech pathologist, it's also a really good activity. Yes. <laughs> um, so the, the templates, if you go into the different posts, there'll be links. Oh, great. It's within the post. So you kind of have to dig a little bit for those. But one more thing I'll say just about poetry picture books in general, and I have two poetry picture books, and there are so many amazing poetry picture books being put out every year. And I have, you know, lists of them on Poetry Boost, um, is that they usually have all kinds of different types of poems within them. I know I made that a priority when I was writing my poetry collections to make sure that I had haiku and two voice poems and list poems and all kinds of different formats so that if a teacher is looking for a specific kind of poem to share with kids, you'll have a variety of formats in there and they make great mentor texts in that way. That's, that's great. So I, you know, I just love talking to you today. Is there anything else that, um, that you want to talk about before we finish up? Um, I, you know what, this has been a wonderful conversation. I guess I would just encourage people to read kindness is a kite string and really use it. As you said, we could use kindness in our world right now. So read it and use it as a springboard. I have lots of resources on my website that go along with the book where kids can start a kindness journal or they can make their own kindness kite. And the tail of the kite can be where they write down the deeds, kind deeds that they've done. So there's all kinds of ways to kind of keep that kindness chain linking forward for kids. So I encourage people to check that out and be a little kind to yourself and others. Yeah, and I think it's also a great time of the year that it's that it's being released because it's a time where the weather's getting nice and it might be warm enough to fly a kite. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll fly a kite. I know I'm happy about it. We've had a long, you know, just been a very cold winter. So yeah. um it's yeah, yeah. And I think also people are in a better mood in the spring and it's 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 a nice positive way to to start. Think the spring weather it's talking about being kind so well thank you so much for for being here today and giving these like wonderful tips i think um definitely checking out kindness is a kite string and making sure it's a great book for the classroom for home um i think for any any context because i think kindness is something that we should be doing wherever we are and with whoever we're with so 
Um, well, thank you so much. Thanks for listening today. Listen and learn with us at Language During Mealtime. Time.